0: Close uh, out a race like that—that that was awesome. This is the Team Blaney podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by Fans for Fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been offering news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media. Since 2014, so go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Federated Auto Parts 400 this past weekend at Richmond Raceway. Steve Mez, welcome back for another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. And uh, I, I wish we were coming out of Richmond with, you know, all the anxiety taken away, smooth sailing into the playoffs, but that is absolutely not the case. Uh, We're getting into uh, a serious stretch here of two races where this 12 team is still looking at a way to lock themselves into the playoffs or build enough of a points uh, cushion to get there. And man, uh, I don't know. Drama, drama, drama.
1: We're a couple steps closer to my my scenario. Can I tell you my scenario yet?
0: What's your scenario?
1: Okay, my scenario is the next two weeks go like they've been going. Ryan maintains his lead or maybe stretches out a little bit. We do not get two new winners. We get two, you know, repeat winners. Somebody the third time, somebody there, who knows? Chase could win his, you know, fifth this week, get there. And Ryan starts the playoffs. He gets his bonus points for finishing second in the, in the, uh, uh, overall standings, which would put him up to like 215 points to start the round, you know, and then he just methodically picks his way through the rounds without winning a race. Just don't. don't, 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 don't don't win the race, but Hey, finish second, finish third, bunch of bunch of bonus points, maybe win a stage or two. So he gets some more points for the next round and to get himself all the way to the final four, like that, you know, three race winners in that last round. And Ryan's the fourth guy points his way in. And then we go to Phoenix and then we get somebody else that wins the race. That's a non points guy. (laughs) And Ryan finishes in front of the other three guys And we crown a champion without winning a race. Consistency pays off. Good finishes pay off. Guy winning stages, leading laps. The team coming together. See,
0: I would celebrate that championship. Uh, But man, I don't know that I'd be able to sleep for the next couple of months here because that would still be incredibly nerve wracking. Uh, I thought you were going to say he was going to go on a run like Tony Stewart and win five of the 10 races and just dominate his way all the way through the playoffs. Uh, yeah. But I don't know either, either way, a championship is a championship, the, but I, the, I would like to see the twelve in victory lane at some point.
1: The, the, the frustrations that everybody has is everybody's, you know, all these different people are winning races. You've seen 15 different winners, but the one thing that's remained constant, it's part of what I got on the soapbox about last week is that Ryan is second in the points, which tells you that the twelve team of all the Fords is the best Ford every week. And, you know, they find a way to do strategy to get where they have to be. If they have the speed, they have the speed and they, they lead laps and he's, you know, he's won, uh, five stages. So he's basically one what would be the, uh, amount of points that you get for a win. So, you know, if you were to get a win right now in the next two weeks, uh, you know, he would bolt himself up the board there too. So yeah, th- something to be looked at and something not to be sneezed at is that, uh, they, you know, they're that good. They are that good. You know, winning a race is, is a tough thing this season with the new car is totally crazy because you get, uh, like Kevin Harvick. I was, I was telling, uh, uh, talking to my wife about it, you know, Kevin at the beginning of the year, didn't look very good, you know, and they're talking about, well, they were way behind or this or that, but what it really comes down to is the younger drivers who've driven more different things are more adaptable to the new car. And early in the year, it showed that, and now we're in later in the year and some of the old guys are, are picking it up They're, They've gotten it together. They figured it out. They're starting to get better at it, you know, and uh, you know, that's Kevin the last two weeks. That's, that's been him. So, you know, uh, it makes it going to make it tougher as, as the rest of the year goes on, but, um, but don't panic just yet,
0: you know? So what were your expectations going into Richmond? So Ryan, it's one of, it historically was one of Ryan's worst tracks, but Uh, he himself talked about it, uh, especially when he got teamed up with crew chief, Todd Gordon, they went to work in the simulator, uh, was with the old car and everything, but they spent hours working on Richmond, trying to, you know, hone his craft there. So he came into this race riding two top 10 finishes, his first two ever top 10 finishes at Richmond. He got the pole at the spring race, finished in the top 10 there as well. And, um, you know, we weren't really sure what was going to happen in this race. Were they going to go for stage points? Were they going to go for the win? Um, What were your expectations going in? Did you think they had a shot at the win or did you think that they were just going to try to play it smart for points?
1: I I was waiting to see what would happen with practice and qualifying um, because if they went back to the notes and this was one of the first tracks that we have that we have notes from this car at, at the same track that um, you know, where did those notes leave them? You know, are they going to be the same uh, speed and, and as competitive as they were in the, in the earlier race. So like literally, you know, just to, just to kind of start off the, the, uh, the review a little bit here, you know, um, <clears throat> he was 21st quick in the practice. So the first off the bat, I'm like, Oh boy, you know, and yep but the thing is is they ran 42 laps and when you hear about the the interview afterward that's that they said they were just worried about long run and see how the things played out and when you looked at it they were the third best 25 lap average the second best 30 lap average on that on the board so they were trying to figure out how to maintain your tires over a long run and so forth you know and then when the qualifying happened um you know the first group and the second group was really weird for speed and so forth you know some guys in the the guy who finished sixth in the Uh, first group you know he didn't make the the top 10 or top five but his time was like 20th or something like that overall you know so it was really weird but he nailed that lap only had to run one lap and um right away i thought oh they're they're on it they've got what it takes now to to probably win the race and truthfully um what happens in when he's in the final 10 (laughs) and runs that runs that (laughs) runs that qualifying lap i mean he bobbled it I mean, he pretty much apologized right away on the radio. He just tried too hard.
0: That's what I was going to say. Tried to get a little too much out of the car. And uh, yeah. he's done that a couple of times this year in qualifying sessions. Sometimes it's paid off trying to go on the edge, and he's won polls early in the season. But, yeah, this was the second, I think, qualifying scare that he had where he almost, uh, almost got it's, into the wall.
1: It's the nice thing about this qualifying format, because if you make the top 10, you're, the worst you can do is 10th. So why not, right? it kind of gives everybody that extra little let's just do it and um you know he nailed that he nailed that lap so good on the on the uh, the initial one that coming out of uh three and four he was gaining on the timer you know and and when you see that you know a guys really got it um so you know the second second lap that he ran for the for the pole um you know he come out on one and two so hard and he really you're right he probably didn't need to he probably needed to just nail three and four and he would have probably been up there in the top two or three or whatever um <clears throat> restarts end up you know as you see later in the race restarts end up being an issue with you if you're back a little bit with certain guys bobbling a restart but you know you can't control everybody else around you unfortunately um so my expectations were pretty high after that lap even though i knew he was going to start 10th uh I, well he figured well he he has the speed they worked on things in practice to deal with you know what race conditions so
0: Why don't we just go ahead and jump into the rest of this, the rest of our recap here from Ryan Blaney's run in the federated auto parts 400 this past weekend at the aforementioned Richmond race, Richmond raceway.
1: All right. Um, So yeah, he's starting uh, 10th and uh, the five won the poll. Um, Pit stall 29, uh, which we had the 51 in front of him and an opening behind him. This once again is a great choice um, by the first, round of pit stops maybe uh the 21 was already a lot la- or 50 51 was already lap down so he had you know he would have open in and open out and everything um stages of 70 230 and 400 nine sets of tires this ends up being uh, important later on uh fuel run was 120 130 laps but then to, you know it was all about 50 to 50 to 60 to 7 65 laps on tires is all they were looking at um and the leader took the bottom on the restart. Now, a lot of these restarts, that's what ends up happening. I don't understand why the bottom was the better. I guess everybody wanted to hook the bottom, but there are a couple of guys during the race that decided the high line was the way to go. And they just went around everybody. Um, it was kind of cool that Richmond spread out into three or four lanes at certain points. Um, so starting 10th there and, um, lap two, he passes the 43 and lap three passes the 41 He's up to eighth. And then we get an early caution here for the, um, the eight car spinning. And, um, Ryan described it, described it as a little squirmy and, uh, it was quickie yellow. So they're staying out. They only had a couple laps on the tires there, uh, P eight for the choose cone and the one leads at this point, taking the bottom Ryan on the bottom. Also, um, Ryan's right behind the 19 and this is something kind of cool all day. You know, uh, NBC, uh, took, um, good note of where the 19 and the 12 were running uh, around each other, uh, at least early on and the stages that kind of didn't worry about as much. Cause Ryan gained a bunch of stage points on him. Um, so he's up to seventh on the restart at, uh, lap 15. He's only, um, about a quarter second behind the 19. So he's just chasing the 19 at this point. Um, uh, we get to lap 22 he passes the 19 gets to sixth and this is kind of like in this stage like i said the 19 does not do well in this stage and and i don't know if something was wrong with their car early on Um, they make some adjustments though um
0: they battled here for a while too they showed this this battle between ryan and truex and you know it it, you know there's a point when ryan almost got clear of him and truex kind of battled back and it just kind of shows you that every position, every point mm-hmm. matters. And especially between those two. And I think you said it last week, you said the 12 and the 19 are going to be racing around each other a lot. And that mm-hmm. was definitely true early sure. on in this one.
1: Yeah. Um, by lap 50 um, everyone in the, in the top 10 are, are running some of our lap times, you know, this is where later on, when we get to these different tire strategies and, and, and people running different uh, coming in and pitting green flag pitting, it, it definitely changes the race. But early on at the beginning of the race, like I said, it, it, you know, everybody's running near the same lap times and, uh, unless your car's way off, you know, it's hard to, hard to pass at that point. Um, lap 65, uh, the seven was in the way. And, and, the the 22 was behind Ryan. He almost passed Ryan, but the seven Ryan uh, literally punted the seven. I was going to say way. he wasn't in the <laughs> way
0: for too long. I think you know, he sent that message to Corey that, but, uh, uh but we yeah. gotta go.
1: Um, Okay, Bumped by the way, uh, the one wins the stage and uh, Ryan was sixth and uh, the 19 was 10th. So 19 did get a p- point there, but you know, Ryan uh, gained him a three or four points right there on the, on the end of that stage. Uh, Jonathan is uh, making slight air pressure adjustments here uh, Four tires, fuel um, in sixth out fourth. Um, these pit stops all day were just awesome. Um, as a matter of fact, later on, they actually show them on on uh, NBC and they actually showed the times, the pit, uh, how long they were in there. Um, and the 19 ends up on a seventh at that point. So, um, leader taking the bottom here for this restart at uh, lap 77, the 11 causes an issue. Uh, Ryan's in seventh at that point at lap 80, he's up to sixth. Uh, the 19 is in fifth. Once again, they're racing right around each other. Um, lap 81, the 22 took the lead. Um, so this is kind of cool because, you know, now Ryan will ask for certain input input from Josh and Jonathan on what the 22 is doing, um, where he's lifting, where he might be, you know, better in the corner. And these are types of things that <clears throat> Ryan definitely want to know because he knows how, how Joey drives. So lap 85, uh, he passes the 19 gets to fifth. So here we go again. We're going to get by him here and start moving forward. And, uh, lap 88, the 11 and the one are, uh, <laughs> racing in front of Ryan and Ryan says to Josh, he says, watch out for these two jokers. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what I love about Josh is very, just subtle, just 10, four, you know, um, didn't really need, need to say much, but, um, uh, they, they, they were kind of battling in front of him there. Um, lap, uh, 94 here Ryan's up to uh, fourth as he passes the one car. And the 19s in sixth at that point, lap. Uh, so let's see, lap 115, he's about 5.5 back of the lead. So deep into a run, he really hasn't lost a lot of ground. Uh, you know, running in lap traffic at that point. Um, at lap 120, they tell him they're about 10 to 15 uh, laps from pitting. And then, um, actually, at lap uh, 123, the 22 pits and uh, Ryan's up to third. And the next lap, a bunch of others pit. Ryan takes the lead. So he does lead a lap or two here. In he, Lap 125, he pits. Um comes out a couple laps later after it cycles a little bit right behind the 19. Um, at lap 130, though, he passes the 19, gets up to seventh. Uh, at this point, the 47 is leading. So that's going to have to cycle at some point. <laughs> um, at lap uh, 133, the 22 takes the lead. At lap 135, he passes the 16 to get to sixth. At lap 137, he passes the one to get to fifth. Um, at lap 140, he's about a second back of, um, let's see, the 47 is still up there at that point. And the uh, 22 is leading. At lap 143, he passes the 47 to get to the fourth. Uh, there's 21 cars on lead lap at this point. Um, so at lap 150, the lap traffic is starting to get in the way here. And that's, this is what's, you know, kind of tough. And this is where some passing does happen because people get bottled up behind people. Um, At lap 161, Jonathan tells him about 15 more laps at the most here. And um, at lap 170, green flag, pitting starts. The next lap, Brian takes the lead because a couple of guys have pitted in front of him. At lap 172, once again, he pits. Um, Lap 175 coming out of there is about fifth. And as a matter of fact, that lap 180, of the top five is the 22, the five, the 11, the four and the 12, and the 19 is 15th at this point, uh, and a lap down, um, it, yeah. uh, yeah. So they t- taking t- a
0: turn there and, uh, and it's one of those things, I think I said it before. I don't like to cheer when somebody's doing bad, but I was, I thought things were looking up <laughs> at that point. I said, okay, he's lost the handle. He's a lap down, um, But Truex is uh, too good of a driver, and he puts up a fight here.
1: Um, So lap 190, we're in fifth here. And by lap 200, he's he's talking about being looser in and off. Lap 210, um, with green flag pitting and everything, he's still less than 10 seconds off of the lead, uh, which is Logano. Um, And then at uh, 220, we start battling with the 10 car um near the end of the stage here for fifth and uh it's a hell of a battle it was um,
0: intense
1: yeah you know the short track um passing doesn't happen in one corner you know um, at a mile and a half or the two mile yeah you get underneath somebody and then by the end of the two turns you're, you're clear No, it takes two or three laps of running in and around and over top of it or underneath or whatnot running a little wider or pinching somebody down a little bit um And and so this took all ten laps uh, to the end of the stage. Um, The twenty two wins the stage. Ryan does end up finishing fifth, right in front of the ten or right next to the the ten. Actually,
0: it it got uh, like I said, I described it as intense. But you know, Ryan or the ten was definitely faster than Ryan. Uh, We talked about about this on last week's podcast that Ryan is very good about making his car you know two three four times the the size of it in width <laughs> on on the racetrack and he kind of does this and the 10 gets a little bit irritated and 10 punts him a, a couple of times but it doesn't really stun ryan too much uh ryan hung tough on the outside while they ran side by side for several laps and then ryan gets past him in the 10 you kind of see like okay i'm gonna try the outside and he tries to get to ryan's outside but uh, that's when Ryan starts running high, running low, taking all the lines that he could get. And uh, I'm sure Eric, Eric Almarola, hopefully he understood, you know, that, that even that one point is so important to the 12 team. But um, hopefully maybe they just all saw it as a spirited battle and maybe not, hopefully he wasn't too annoyed.
1: No, nah, I, I doubt it. Um, you're talking to though, guys who versus, you know, a guy who's earned his way to, to be second in the points versus a guy who's hoping, hoping, to pull off a miracle, you know, in the last week or two. So, um, the night, uh, the 19 finished 14th. He was on the lead lap by that point, but he finished 14th. So Ryan, you know, fifth place, stage points, no stage points for the, for the 19, um, they're pinning in fifth out sixth. uh, the, the five is a leader at this point. Um, So okay, the leader is the five taking the bottom here. Ryan takes the top on this restart. Lap 238. We got a caution for the 18 and the one. And uh, I don't know the 43 was involved somehow. The 19 kind of got bumped on this. Um, Kyle got chastained, chastained the new verb. <laughs> uh,
0: and <laughs> this is another this. one of those situations where maybe it wasn't a hundred percent Ross's fault, but when you've gained that reputation. And you're racing aggressively yeah the 18 may have come down a little bit too and they met in the middle but um you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore (laughs) at this point in the season so and honestly this doesn't turn out to be that bad there's been so Mm -hmm. many people that are lapped down already yeah they pit i mean they lost a set of tires but they pit and uh, cycle right back up into the close to the top top 10 so luckily there wasn't a lot of damage but yeah chastain getting chastain we need to not get chastain uh over the next two weeks that's all i know
1: they get um they take uh the uh, top for the choose on this one the bottom take uh, is taken by the leader and the restart at lap 246 um up to fourth because of the high lane the high lane had actually moved a little better um and then at lap 251 we get caution for the 20 spinning um discount is the call here, um, which ends up being four tires um, and they go back to 10th. Now this was, um, this was kind of interesting that this is where they kind of varied the strategy a little bit. And um, we, like we talked about, we've talked about before, sometimes you got to just throw a monkey wrench in there and see what happens. Um, I think the 11 car is another one that, that goes ahead and does it here. Um, they don't lose that many positions because a lot of guys behind them also pitted. Um, and like you said, there weren't that many cars in the lead lap at that point. Um, you know, it's, it was kind of worth the shot to see what would happen. The only thing that's bad about this is the restart itself. Um, you know, they end up 12 for the choose cone at this point and the leader taking the bottom Ryan taking the top. And like I said, the top 10 cars had stayed out. Um, like I said, the 11th car in that line would have been, uh, the eleventh car itself. So, and the wild restart happens and, you know, within, at lap 262, um he has to shove the 18, <laughs> you know. But by lap 268, he passes the 23 and gets to ninth. By lap 270, he passes the 10 and gets to eighth. Um at lap 273, the 10 car gets by him for so he's back to ninth. And the 19 is in 10th. So he's right around where he needs to be with the, you know, racing with the 19 for points. But uh, you know, lap 280, uh, he passes the five car, you know, guy who was leading earlier, he's up to eighth um he says at lap 285 that they're really loose on entry and exit, so that's for the next adjustment. Um, at lap 285, uh, the 20 passes is back to ninth and at lap 287 the 19 does pass him and he's at 10th and at lap 291 we get some you know pe- green flag pinning here um, and it's a 10.2 second stop you know, which right around that 10 second, you know, just below, just above it, right around that range. And you know, on a green flag stop, that's incredible. Um, as long as he hit the, uh, the lights on pit road, pretty good, you know, you're, you're, you're going to stay out there and be pretty close to where you came, uh, came in. The good news uh, is, is
0: he starts the sequence here and everybody else jumps on it. Yeah. Uh, now this strategy that they were doing, which in the end, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't necessarily pay off. Uh, they were hoping to get a really good restart, have the you know the slightly fresher tires than everybody else, hopefully drive back up into the top four, top five, and then stay out longer than anybody else does, which is something the eleven tries to do, mm-hmm. and I think the twenty does as well with much more success. So they were trying to do that, but you saw towards the end of this tire run here, Ryan's car started to fall off. He you know gets passed all the way back to tenth, and then I think that's when they essentially decide to bail on that strategy. Yeah, I mean, um, we chatted a little bit before the podcast about risk versus reward here and i said you know you know in our in our discord chat we had a spirited discussion on things and they said well you know that was a fail they shouldn't have even done it in the first place you know this isn't the time to take big swings at things and i said this was the perfect time in this race in in the point situation they were in to absolutely swing for the fences they had gained stage points in stage one and stage two truex had just recently gotten back on the lead lap after struggling um this was only going to be a swing of a, a couple of positions here and there and i thought it was a perfect opportunity to try and do something and it's always one of those things with crew chiefs when they make a call if they make this call and ryan drives up through the field and everything works out then you know hassler is seen as this yes a genius um, i don't think this was a bad call by any means. It just didn't. It just didn't pay off. But I thought it was totally worth at least trying here. And they end up just hopping back on the normal strategy and, and continue out the race.
1: Yeah, they. Um. As a matter of fact, they tell them right right away they're splitting it. One more stop coming. Um, lap three hundred. Um. The the eleven, the twenty, the nineteen haven't pitted yet. So you know, there you go. They were. They're trying along to go there. long. Yep. At lap three or four, um, he's up to seventh. And the 22 is leading at that point um, at um, by lap 329, the 19 does pass Ryan. So he's in 10th at this point. And um, 335 is when the four card takes the lead. So, you know, now the drama for the four car starts and at lap 340, the green flag pitting starts. Um, Ryan was um, pitting from fourth at that point. He ran a 9.8 second stop. Huge oh, which, stop real huge fast. Stop. It was great to see. Um, you know, we haven't cycled yet by lap 350. He's in 12th a lap down, so not everybody has pitted yet. Um, but um they uh you know get to about up uh, 370 or so. Uh he's in 10th at this point once things cycle, and the 19 is in ninth. The four is uh <clears throat> leading at this point, but this is when the 17 has closed that gap to about a half a second. Um, and at lap 375, Ryan actually literally asks who's, who's leading the race. At this point, he kind of wants to know we're we gonna have a new winner here. I, you know, I don't know where they're at. Who's got it? Um, at lap 380, though, he's in tenth, and uh, they're only like this is funny thing with all the green flag pitting in this stage. They're only still 19 seconds off the lead, so they didn't lose the lead lap, which is pretty impressive. Um, he is about five seconds back of the of ninth place, the 19 car at that point. What was your um,
0: mental state right now with the 17, the 17 closing in on the four?
1: I didn't think that the four was going to let him pass him. So I think the four was like playing with house money. And if he needed to move him, uh, bump him kind of, you know, whatever he had to do, the four wasn't going to let him buy him. So yeah, I was okay. I, I really wasn't. I, I, mean, I know a lot of people were, you know, Oh boy, that could be a new winner. But the truth is, is that at that point, the 20 car come alive. He did fresher fresher tires. And he was the guy I was looking at because I thought, well, if he gets to Busher, he should be able to pass Busher. And he did. Which, as I as
0: I pointed out, that strategy about going long paid off huge for the 20 car. So that's what the 12 was trying to do, but the car just didn't respond the same way that it did for the 11 or for the 20. So just keep that in mind. That's the same exact strategy that the 12 was on. It paid off for the 20, just based on their setup or the way the car responded unfortunately didn't pay off for the 12 here but i was glad yeah. to see the 20 get past the 17 i'm like okay i can live with however this this plays out now yeah. as long as we don't get a new winner
1: new winner um lap 385 the 19 past the 18 up to eighth uh, team orders mm-hmm. I don't know. maybe i don't know <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. somebody itched their arm i don't know um that lap 400, uh, there at the end of the race, the four wins, uh, the 19 actually gets himself up to seventh and Ryan 10th. So at, you know, the final, um, you know, he loses three, three points there, but he gained so many points earlier in the race, um, fifth and sixth place in the stages. Uh, he takes a 19 point lead and turns it into a 29 point lead, uh, 20, uh, I'm sorry, 26 point lead. So, um, yeah, they gained on Martin, and uh harvick ends up winning his second race in a row um but uh you know things are looking fine you know like i said don't panic and i know i
0: keep bringing up the strategy thing but i think it's just this overall race there are so many strategies so that's why i was following following along so closely but as you say the 19 finishes seventh ryan finishes 10th that's a swing of like three points there Mm -hmm. um so i don't want to just seem like oh i'm just defending the team and all the calls they make but that strategy call they make you know, say they, they don't do it and they just stay on sequence with everybody else. Maybe Ryan finishes sixth because the 20 was going to get by on the fresher tires. And, um, I think the 17 was going to get them anyway, too. So maybe Ryan finishes sixth, a spot ahead of true X one point, you know, I think it's worth it. Two or three points there to swing for the fences, try to go for a win. He could have been just like the 20 car. If the car responded, like they did for them and uh, had a shot at the victory. So all in all, I think they, they knew they had made a nice cushion of points in those first couple of stages and it was worth a shot here. So what, uh, we're at plus, uh, 27, I think is, is your, 20, I don't even want to 20, 26 26. I was going to say, I'm not even going to get into it because it is that time of, of the podcast, uh, when once again, when Steve's going to break out his big board here yeah, and uh, talk about, all, talk about all the point standings that are going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you got, um, the Facebook uh, version of this, they're watching it on Facebook this week. Um, I don't know if we'll be back on YouTube at some point or not, but if you do, we've got the big board, the Kornacki board here. Um, And uh, we'll start off with, like I said, with the first part of the point standings here, the wins. Okay. And sure you've got 15 different winners now all the way down to that 45 car, but then, Oh, right there. I, I got to get them up into the screen there. There it is. We're now at 26 points of an advantage over the 19 car. As long as nobody from, you know, over here, this group of guys over here. As long as none of them win, we came um, into the
0: race at plus nineteen.
1: Yeah, so we gained. Yeah, you've gained a, that's that's at seven more points there. And um, this week, once again, Watkins Glen uh, allegedly not very good for the for the Toyotas. You know, um, so yeah, the overall standings. <clears throat> interesting moves have actually happened here. Um, the five cars moved up into third, actually past uh, the night uh, the um, I'm sorry the one the one has moved down a couple spots just within this race he was actually third in the standings and now he's down to, to uh, fifth there and the 19 is still in fourth still just you know barely behind the, the guy he needs to, to pass um, and what's kind of scary is you know you've got the 45 dropping in the points because he's not running um, which is not a big deal. Unless we have two new winners in the next two weeks, we get two new winners, Ryan and somebody else wins. Um, That 45 could end up dropping totally out of the playoffs because he would be the lowest guy, probably Um, maybe, you know, so it'd be nice to hopefully see him come back. Um, And then down the end of the board here, we got our um, where they would be in the playoffs if the playoffs started now on points. And this is the kind of most interesting thing. Once again, the top 10 finishers in the regular season standings get bonus points. And they're kind of like allotted based on where you finished. And Ryan has five stage uh, wins. So he's got five bonus points there. He gets 10 bonus points for finishing second in the standings. If the playoffs started today, he would actually line up fifth to start the playoffs have like over a 10 point advantage, nine point advantage over the guys at the bottom of the standings right off the bat. And uh, that works out really nice. You know, he, So, you know, a win would give you five more points, sure, and then that that would just pop them up to their second or third, you know, maybe win a stage or two between now and then. Um, So kind of interesting that uh, as long as things stay status quo, we're in good shape the next two weeks, and the playoffs would start in pretty good shape right off the bat. You know, that first round would not be, like, sweating it out as long as it didn't crash three weeks in a row, you know, so – mind you, let's get to the playoffs first and talk about that. But, um, you know, the next two weeks will be, going to be a lot of fun, you know, fun. I yes. think that's the fun. term.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, the main thing, like you said, is getting there. So we have two weeks to kind of sweat it out. Either Ryan can go to Watkins Glen and get a victory, go to Daytona and defend his win there from last summer and get a victory there and just earn his way in that way. Um, but if he doesn't do that, and there aren't any new winners in these next two races. He is going to be sitting in a, in a really good position. He would definitely be sitting in a much, much better position if he wins the, another race and gets another five bonus points. Uh, that way he can carry those into that first round of the playoffs and through all the rounds after that, uh, assuming he keeps moving through. So um, our, we're, I think we're mostly wrapped up with our, our recap there of that race at Richmond. I did have one thing uh, maybe to ask you uh, about Richmond overall and that's the quality of short track racing this year in the cup series and i think we can both agree that definitely richmond uh these two races the spring race and the fall race huge upgrade over what we saw the last couple of years at that racetrack would you agree
1: yeah improved totally um it was funny interesting here to some of these um podcasts that we listened to ahead of time talk about how night racing would not have been as good because the the cooler temperatures, more grip, everybody been even more equalized out. Um, so running in the daytime uh, definitely makes a big difference there, um, which I didn't really realize, you know. You know, but um yeah, they definitely uh the new car seemed to operate better there, you know. Um cold temperatures, as we learned at Martinsville, is not a good thing for short track racing. Um, can't wait to see what happens in uh, in about a month here in Bristol, uh, because it is a night race, but it'll be pretty hot there. It usually is. So um so far so good with the short track program with the you know this car shifting eh, you know but i think uh, if they uh, they're working on these different things including tire fall off and i think if they work work with goodyear and get a little more tire fall off um where the strategy plays out even more uh you're going to see some really good stuff in the next couple of years
0: so that was richmond but now let's lo- move on to something completely different as the NASCAR Cup Series heads to New York this weekend for the Go Bowling at the Glen this Sunday, August 21st at Watkins Glen International. You can catch the race at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on TV on the USA Network and on radio with MRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. And Steve has kept his big board up again. If you're watching on our video version, you can see that posted on Facebook, uh, sometimes YouTube. Um, you've got a, a nice... Very scientific, very accurate diagram. Uh, so at, at the indie road course, turn one was, you know, kind of a chaos zone. And people are pointing to turn one at Watkins Glen is also potentially uh throwing a wrench into things when it comes to this race here. And it's definitely something that Ryan and the 12 team are gonna have to survive on uh at least three guaranteed starts with the start of the race and the two stage breaks. Uh, but most likely there's going to be more than that when it comes to restarts at this race. So uh, what do you have there, Steve? That you want to, Oh no, then you want oh, to show us. everybody oh. crashed. Everybody <laughs> crashed. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. That's, that was it. That was the, that was, that exactly was our, uh, so um, you've, uh, you've they, drawn up this diagram here of turn one at Watkins Glen. And um, we can, we can talk a little bit about what kind of action that we expect there, because like, as I mentioned, Indy road course, chaotic, this one also has that same opportunity.
1: I want to paraphrase, um, paraphrase Kyle Busch here. Cause Kyle's the one who said it. Um, he says, uh, we, we can't go five wide in a turn one at Watkins Glen, but tune in next week and, and watch us try, um, <laughs> what was, you know, what happened at Indy and it could happen again at Watkins Glen. Will it happen early in the race? Probably not. But if we get a, th- a third stage, you know, halfway or more into the third stage kind of restart, you're going to see it. It's going to happen these knuckleheads that are running 10th and 12th are going to decide I can go up around and I can get up underneath. And um, you know, that whole thing about 12 wheels and and 16 wheels being better than four into a turn. And uh, literally, as they come down in there, there's like a runoff area and guys go wide and then get away with it, like, you know, down here. But the truth is, is you start bumping into each other as you get into that turn. And like, uh, like we saw there, the 47 ends up almost into the stands and 48 ends up in the stands there, you know? So this is going to be the key to the whole, whole weekend. I mean, I think Ryan shows up and they do what they've been doing at the short tracks. You've got the, sh- you've got, I mean, not short tracks at the um, road courses, and you've got the road course stat of the year um, over there somewhere with the, with the average finishes.
0: Yeah, this is something that's been talked about a little bit going into this. And we say this every single time, like a broken record, that Ryan Blaney is one of the most underrated road course races in the Cup Series. And a stat that was brought up, uh, I think, by Jordan Bianchi earlier in the week, and I confirmed it by doing my own super scientific research. Uh, Ryan Blaney, uh, of active drivers in the Cup Series, he has the second highest average finish on road courses of active drivers, as I said, at 12 Point eight, and that's a stat that at indy if he would have been able to survive that last chaotic restart uh, probably would have been a, a tick higher here um he has one win five top fives 12 top tens 19 top 20s uh 64 laps led and an average start of 13th so um only And no, this is kind of a big stat here, and this is is maybe odd for some people. No DNFs either at road courses in his career. Um, Watkins Glen specifically, uh, he's made five starts there. He's led a grand total of two laps, so hopefully we improve on that this weekend. Um, Average start of 13.6, average finish of 11.6. Uh, His worst finish in his career came in his very first start, and that was in 2016 in the number 21 Ford for Wood Brothers Racing when he finished 19th. But since then, he's finished 8th, 12th, 5th, and 14th last year. So he hasn't finished outside of the top 15 in his last four starts at Watkins Glen. Um, comes in this year with a lot of momentum. He's run really well on, at pretty much every road course they've gone to. They don't always have the finish to show it, especially from what happened in Indianapolis. Um, but we talked about a lot of people when they point to Blaney, they point to Daytona because you know he has three restrictor plate or you know, super speedway style racing victories in his career. Um, so they, they point to that track. I think Watkins Glen is another one of those places that he has an outside chance of winning, but he has some pretty stiff competition out there in the cup series especially with guys like reddick and chastain kind of coming out and uh dominating some of these road course races in 2022
1: you know it's it's interesting um like was pointed out on on, uh, one of the podcasts again that uh, harvick has nothing to lose now right so harvick's won two races um maybe harvick races for stage points this week stays out um Ryan, as of Tuesday, when we we're recording this on Tuesday night, Ryan was on uh, race hub and asked the question on what their strategy was going to be. And, uh, you know, he pointed out that the Indianapolis strategy was really good. He, he believed that the Indianapolis strategy really, sh- you know, did work out. Um, they stayed out on tires for a long, long period of time. And he says the tires are the same tires they're uh, that they used in Indianapolis is what they're bringing, uh, to, uh, to Watkins Glen. So, you you could see the same types of things shake down, um, you know, long runs, uh, fuel only stops somewhere along the line. Um, you know, if tires are going to be pretty equal, no matter what Ryan is extremely good at, at, at not using up a set of tires, um, as we've seen. So, uh, that's, that's what I'm looking for this weekend. You know, I, and new, new winners. I mean, I really don't see it at this point. Um, and Martin, uh, is the guy, once again, I'm going to race in and around Martin. Yes. Is Martin going to be better than he's been at, at, at road courses this year? Probably. Um, all the resources I'm sure at Gibbs are trying to make sure they get him in. Um, yeah, I, you know, I can't wait to see what, how the strategy does play out, but once again, watch practice, see what happens with the practice, see what happens with the qualifying. um, but, uh, you know, a couple stage points and then a couple more stage points just to make sure and then get a good finish, you know, maybe you're racing for it at the end, just like they were at at Indy.
0: So uh, speaking of Martin Truex jr. Uh, since he's pretty much our focal point, it's either basically two things we have to fear are the 19 car or a new winner over these next couple of races, specifically at Watkins Glen Truex has made 15 starts there. Uh, with an average finish of 10.1 so ryan's average finish was a little over 11 truex is at 10 Um, but he does have a one victory there coming in 2017 Uh, the other thing to maybe be nervous about truex's last four finishes at watkins Glen: first second second and third Mm -hmm. so but toyota this year in 2022 has not really shown up at any of these road course races so that's kind of the only thing that lowers my level of anxiety just a little bit Uh, but Toyota overall has been improving incrementally each week at all these different types of tracks so who knows what they're going to bring up there in New York Um, so we're just going to have to watch all of those battles closely hopefully it stays very interesting and uh, hopefully the 12 team comes out with a good strategy I think they're going to have to rely on still getting good stage points because if they don't win the race, they're still going to have to fall on that uh, points cushion that they've built up that right now, as you said, is at 26 points. So any points that they can gain over the 19 will be beneficial. Uh, But again, you go to Daytona more, a little bit more of a wild card track and I'm not even necessarily saying it's, you know, a completely out of the woods team that comes out there and win like, you know, when Michael McDowell won the 500, but it could be just a solid team that hasn't won this year that could win there. So Everything, everything is the, is out of our hands. Uh, but as you said, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch these next couple of weeks. So that pretty much, if you want to catch this race again, the Go Bowling at the Glen Sunday, August twenty first, Watkins Glen International, three p.m. Eastern time on USA MRN, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. But we do have two more New York and Watkins Glen re- related Blaney news of note. Uh, the first one of those being is that the Ryan Blaney family foundation is going to have a booth on the midway at Watkins Glen this weekend. They are asking you to stop by and pick up some information on the Alzheimer's association. They're going to have a lot of great merchandise, Ryan merchandise, uh, other merchandise that supports uh, Alzheimer's awareness. Um, one of the other big things that they're doing is uh, from what I understand, the foundation is going to be sponsoring a few different teams at uh, some various Alzheimer's walks that all take, uh, part or all happened in October this year and at this specific one if you go to the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation booth this weekend at Watkins Glen you can sign up for the Watkins Glen Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's that's going to take uh happen on October 15th and it's going to take place at Watkins Glen at the racetrack so if you are a native of New York or one of the surrounding areas and you want to do your part to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation and Alzheimer's Awareness This is the perfect walk to take part in. And um, as I say, uh, I've said the last couple of years, You know, we're Team Blaney here on the podcast and social media. Uh, But the really important Team Blaney is when it comes to October and you can be part of one of those walking groups or the walking team for the walk to end Alzheimer's. So you can do that this weekend, Watkins Glen International. Just stop by the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation booth in the Midway for more information the next thing. And actually, Steve, so you got to see this booth when it was at Indianapolis.
1: Indianapolis. Yeah. So they, there is a lot of nice stuff there. You can donate, um, and put a ribbon up there. Um, and, uh, there's items. Uh, I've got the, uh, Oh yeah, there it is. I got the bracelets. I'm wearing it right now. Um, you so, you know, and of course we're wearing the shirt that, uh, and I'm not sure where they are on shirts. I know they were ordering, they still haven't ordered online. So you can still order them online. Um, but, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so they've got some things like that, koozies and so forth, um, and they've got two more two team uh, the um, Ryan Blaney Family Foundation is putting together teams at two more walks coming up in October. Also, uh, there'll be a Youngstown, Ohio one, of course, and one in Charlotte. Um, so you know, get all that information when you get there. Join one of these teams um, and uh, be part of it. You know, um, it's not hard to do, and it's a lot of fun actually. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to the Youngstown one here. Um, in October cause they do it over at Youngstown state at the, uh, what do, what do they call that? Uh, the, Watts, the Watson, so, the Watson. That's right. Training trestle site. training site. Yeah. So, um, that'd be really kind of cool to go do. Um, and, uh, I think Charlotte's is at the football stadium down there for the Panthers. So, you know, if you get a chance, uh, and you're in Watkins Glen this weekend, stop in see the girls say hi. Um, I'm, I think, um, I think I, I don't want to quote quote me if I'm wrong here, but, uh, I think both Aaron and Emma are supposed to be there. I saw something about a road trip they're taking together. So, um, you yeah, know, that's going to be pretty cool. And, and you know, part of the road trip to um, that part of New York this weekend also involves a certain driver we know.
0: That's true. If you are a fan of big Dave Blaney, uh, you can catch him this all weekend long in the state of New York as Dave follows the all-star circuit of champions in uh, kind of their tour of New York this weekend. Starting off Friday, August 19th at Outlaw Speedway, Saturday, August 20th at Utica Rome Speedway, and then capping off the weekend Sunday, August 21st at Weedsport Speedway. Um, If you are are in town already this weekend for the race at Watkins Glen, Outlaw Speedway is just about 20 minutes, I think, south of the racetrack there, uh, south of the road course. So if you're already in town, if you're already at Watkins Glen camping or something like that, and you're looking for something to do on Friday night, drive down to Outlaw Speedway, you can catch the All-Star Circuit of Champions Sprint Car Series um and maybe catch dave blaney getting going to victory lane who knows so um i can imagine ryan might be in town might be in the area to catch that race of race as well just to kind of see his dad run that because i don't think he gets that that much of an opportunity to see it and this white weekend for blaney fans is a great time to catch the race at the road course at watkins Glen and then catch dave kind of crisscrossing the state of new york uh, and running in his 410 sprint car Uh, steve's again holding up Uh, we didn't mention it earlier but ryan's back in the worth car this weekend at watkins Glen, one of my favorite paint schemes of the year paint schemes of the year and honestly worth is one of the most active social media uh channels that um talks about ryan anytime they sponsor him so it's cool yeah
1: and not only when they sponsor him but um if you follow worth racing because they have a worth racing Uh, Like Instagram, Twitter, Um, they post a post race thing with quotes and the whole kind of wrap up, the kind of thing that we do here. Not maybe not as extensive as what we do, Um, but uh, they post this kind of stuff every week. And they're extremely interactive. And they did those hero cards earlier in the year, so um, you know they're great sponsors. You know who sports sports Ryan, and uh, you know when somebody supports Ryan, we should support them too.
0: It's definitely worth checking out on social media this week all right steve we talked about watkins Glen. let's jump back into a little bit of talk about richmond raceway uh but that's when it comes to the team blaney nascar fantasy live league let's go through my starters for this race i had bubba wallace on my team i had ryan blaney on my team i had kyle larson denny hamlin ross chastain and i had martin truex jr in the garage um I had an opportunity maybe to bring Martin out, but I thought the way he was trending in that race, he, I still probably could have brought him out after he got back on the lead lap, but I just wasn't sure the car was going to hold up. Um, I could have replaced Chastain with Martin and gained a couple points. I could have replaced uh, Martin with, uh, or could have replaced Bubba Wallace with Martin. um, But that was only a a swing of about uh, five or six points there. That wouldn't have gotten me into the top 10. Um, this is where I really faltered here uh, in the featured matchups, which are worth 10 points each. I picked Denny Hamlin over Harvick. That turned out really wrong. I picked Truex over Kyle Busch. That's the only one of the week I got right. I picked uh, Blaney over Logano. Uh, Logano finished sixth, so that didn't work out. And I picked Chase Elliott over Christopher Bell. And Krista Bell uh, went on to finish second in the race, so that didn't work out for me either. What did your starting lineup in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League look like? Ahead of Richmond, or head before, after, during Richmond. Uh,
1: Well, I blew it because I didn't realize Harvick. I had Harvick in the garage. Ah,
0: You did blow it. (laughs) Yeah. If I if I
1: take out just Bowman and change change changing with Harvick, that's twenty seven points I would have had. But I had Chastain, Byron, Bowman, Hamlin. Hamlin was top point getter on the day, fifty points. Truex, um, and then same thing with the matchups. I only had one. uh, Actually, I didn't have any matchup right. Yeah. <laughs> I was 0 for 4. So Tough day. Yeah, yeah you know. But, you know, um, the top 10 ended up really, really kind of interesting, didn't it?
0: It did. So why don't we go take a look at that? The top 10 in points earned this past week at Richmond Raceway for the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. In a tie for ninth, we have Team Penske and Matt O with 217 points in seventh. Another tie for seventh here. We have Montana 12 fan and again Joe Bro 1221. I think this is three weeks in a row where he's finished in the top 10, 218 points for both of them. In the sixth position, Carolina Racer 12, 219. Fifth, Vincent 12, 222 points. In second, we have a three way tie for second this week with Rogue Tough, Alyssa C, and Pocono Lady 225 points. And the big winner this week at Richmond Raceway, Rogers T, 229 points, and that would be my better half, Tara Rogers, coming with her first, I think, in in the few years that we've been playing this game, her first weekly victory in the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Uh, I let her know that she won. And her first question to me was, what's the prize? And uh, (laughs) you can't say that on the podcast. I I unfortunately said bragging rights. So yeah, there's a,
1: you have to to carry her luggage from the airport.
0: Yeah. She did not appreciate that. We don't give away a weekly prize here. So maybe that's something uh, we need to look at in the future, but congratulations to her. She led the way this week at Richmond raceway with 229 points earned now let's take a look at the overall league standings starting with the 10th position we have eric d15 4411 points in ninth we have two bushes no johnsons 4412 points that's a tight race right there in eighth jd racing 4418 points seventh bulldog 0277 4434 points Sixth, the Dalai Lama 4, 4,448 points. Man, this is really tight through here. Fifth, Factory of Sadness, 4,450 points. Uh, A little bit further of a gap here. And fourth, Moose Hunter 1960, 4,470 points. And third, the Defending Champion in Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 4,538 points. Second, Frygal 12, 4,554 points. And in the first position, once again, Math Mom 4, 4,596 points. Steve, I forgot to mention in the, the standings from uh, just Richmond and points earned, you finished in the fifties. I think I finished in the twenties. You have, I think, I feel like you've dropped a little bit. Are you gaining here? I'm not sure you are in the 19th position in the overall league standings, Mez 12, 4,277 points. And I'm not doing so great. Uh, 32nd position, 4,127 points. So you have built a pretty good lead over me that I'm not sure it's definitely not going to be uh, surmountable when it comes to the regular season. Um, But like Tony Stewart, I always catch fire in the playoffs. So I'm going to try and do that when it comes to this. So um, we're full up mostly on players here. If you are still uh, interested, you can join us as we go through this playoff run here. I think there's a few people down toward the end of the list that I can boot out of the league. They haven't participated in the last four or five weeks. So if you want to join the league just uh, for... The playoffs, go ahead and uh, you can send me a message or tweet at us on uh, Twitter, send a message on Facebook, Instagram, uh, join the Discord server that we have out there, and just let me know that you want to get into the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And we can have a little fun going over that last 10 races in the playoffs and see where that shakes out. So, heading to Watkins Glen, we talked a little bit about Ryan Blaney's opportunity there. He's probably going to be somebody in my starting lineup um I'm undecided on Truex. his his you know his finishes there have been so good the last four races that it's like i feel like i need him in my lineup but i really don't want him to do well so that's i'm always torn when it comes to fantasy like that I, in real life i don't want true x to do well but if he's in my lineup i do so i don't know do you ever have dilemmas like that
1: um yeah i mean i i had him last week in the lineup you know i kind of figured that uh he's going to do well. I mean, like I said, he'll probably do well this week. Like I said, as long as they're running around each other and as long as uh, he doesn't win, the 19 doesn't win you know, it's all right. You know, as long as they're running around each other and, and kind of equalizing each other in points. So he doesn't really gain on Ryan where any kind of catastrophe takes things away, you know? So my big, big guy to look at this week is who who won, who's won the last two road courses. Tyler Reddick. There you go. There's my first pick right there um and then you know who's the best the best guy average finish in road courses
0: chase elliott i think he's yeah. like 9.8 or something like that he's the one that is just ahead of ryan
1: so there's two of my picks and if i still had a ryan start left somebody i'm making your line him? i'm making yeah. your line <laughs> <for you. laughs> there's three of you guys
0: um and uh chastain i mean uh, i think the two uh even the two track house cars or something exactly
1: track track house would be really good you got to throw um,
0: Kimi Raikkonen, the third track uh, house car and the Project 91, former Formula One uh, champion.
1: You know, I give him a lot of credit for doing this, and, and I'm sure that they've done a good job of giving him time. They gave him a, t- a test session. Yep. The handling of the stock car being way different than what he's used to, uh, but I'm sure he'll figure it out. I don't know what they'll do because they're going to s- probably try to stay out of the way, too, to some extent, you know where he's going to race the car and race with people, but not really be in the way of people. So maybe a top 20, maybe.
0: I think it'll be interesting. And I think Juan Pablo, who also was very successful in Formula One and IndyCar before he made the jump to NASCAR. I'm interested to see uh, uh, how Kimi reacts the first time he gets door slammed (laughs) because uh, open wheel racing and very specifically Formula One, uh, you are not, you're not to be making any contact with people. Touch each other. (laughs) So I'm sure he's prepared for that. And you're right. He did have that test. I think they went to VIR in Virginia. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out. So welcome to NASCAR. I think they said, I didn't go through the entry list, but this is the first time in cup series history. Seven countries are represented
1: in seven, this race, seven international drivers. Uh, yeah. you know, so that should be real interesting. Uh, uh but, uh, I, you know, I want to see do well, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a cool thing. You want this to happen. Um, You know this is the break right now i think the summer break for the uh uh formula one guys so maybe next year an actual somebody who's actually literally active could come over you know uh, as long as they would be allowed to do it um that would be a really cool thing i'm looking at you lewis hamilton come on over (laughs) (laughs) somebody like that you know anybody with a big name you know um reckoning is really cool but uh, you know but let's see a a current guy and see what happens you know
0: All right, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. I want to thank everyone once again for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co host Steve, please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram at Team.blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization, championed by Ryan and his family, supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at Ryan Foundation.org or on any of their active social media channels. And as we said, you can catch them this weekend in the Fan Midway at Watkins Glen International. You can find out all the information about the foundation. You can donate. You can buy merchandise, hats, t-shirts, uh, stickers, lots of other different types of things there. And you can sign up for the Watkins Glen version of the Walk to End Alzheimer's and join Team Blaney in support of the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. So, for my co host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Rainy podcast.
1: Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin.